Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. In February of 2020, I became debt-free because of my food blog, because of side hustling. Okay. Side hustling is such a powerful way to like accelerate your financial goals. It's a game changer. And that's why I will always talk about increasing your income more than I talk about other stupid shit that you could do. Like go and open a high yield savings account. Okay, fine. Yeah, go do that. But like, go make more money. That's how you get to the shit that you want to achieve in life. Go make more money. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. 
So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Hello. Hola, mi gente. Nice to see you. Super excited. I'm going to be doing a couple of solo episodes to round out the end of this year. And I can't believe like we have podcast episodes scheduled out to like October, which is cray cray. There's a little bit of, of a gap in our content for the podcast for the year. So I said, you know what? I'm way overdue for a solo episode. So let's do it. I'm going to go ahead and make sure I have all my questions queued up here because y'all send in a bunch of questions on the Instagram DMs. And so I appreciate you for a doing that. If you ever want to ask a question that you want answered on the show, all you got to do is DM me, send me a DM or whenever I do like those Instagram stories where I'm like, ask me anything, put it in there. So let's go ahead and do this because we've got a lot of questions to go through. Y'all were really lit in the DMs. Okay. So before we hop into the Q and A, I want to remind you that I do have a free training that's happening next Tuesday. And I'm going to be talking about how to turn your passion into profits. As y'all know, I have a podcast. This is what I do full time. I'm a full time content creator. I've been doing this for 10 years. And the question I always get from people is like, how the hell did you do this? And so I'm actually going to be doing a live training next Tuesday where I'm literally going to explain to you like how this whole process works, how you can turn the thing that you're passionate about into your full-time career, being a creator, being an online entrepreneur. The webinar is called Passion to Profit. It's going to be virtual on Tuesday. Would love to see you there. Let's get into this Q&A. Now I'm going to just pick randomly because I got a ton of questions. The first one is from All Things Myra. And she asked, how do you juggle working and side hustles? I will remind y'all that even though nowadays I get to live a very financially free life, it was not always that way. I had a full-time job up until middle of 2021, and I was juggling the side hustles, building this podcast, blogging, doing all the things, and also working a full-time job. Now, one of the biggest reasons why I was able to do this is because my job was remote. Before remote work became sexy in 2020 because of the pandemic, I was actually doing remote work since like 2015. And I always knew that I wanted the type of career that was going to allow me that flexibility. And so when I was job hunting, I was very proactive about finding employers that had remote work policies already in existence. My last employer was Johnson & Johnson. You may have heard of them, top Fortune 50 company. And they've had remote work on their books for like years. So I was able to initially negotiate three days a week working from home. And that gave me a lot of flexibility to be able to, you know, avoid an hour and a half long commute one way every day. You know, I was able to just be way more productive. If you have ever worked remotely, you know, it's just much easier to balance life when you don't have a long ass commute. And so I think that was definitely the key for me in order for me to have the space in the room to build my side hustles. I also knew I needed the career that was going to allow me to do that. If you are trying to do the side hustle thing while you are, you know, working a nine to five, negotiate that 
remote work, like obviously that's not going to be an opportunity for everybody. If you're like a teacher or you work in a hospital or whatever, but there are ways to spin those careers into remote work, whether that is you go from teaching in a school to working in HR in like learning development for corporations. You can definitely do that work remotely. If you're a nurse, maybe you decide to work in telehealth versus in an actual facility. There are ways to finagle and finesse your way into a more flexible work environment that allows you to build your business and also pay your bills at the same time. So get creative. Okay, Myra, thank you for your question. All right, so REI Rogelio asked, at what point did you realize you had reached FI or financial independence? Let's do a little backtracking. If you don't know what financial independence means, basically it is when you have enough sources of income that allow you to walk away from a traditional job, you basically don't need to work. That can happen a bunch of different ways. That could be you have a real estate portfolio that pays you rental income and you use that to live off of. That could be that you have passive income sources through online content that you've created, either through like a blog or a podcast or social media. That can be the stock market. You have investments that pay you dividends that allow you to pay all of your bills in that way. So when I realized that I had reached FI, I had a goal in my head that I needed to make $100,000 by myself, like outside of a nine to five job in order for me to be financially independent, because that's what I needed to earn in order for me to not have to work. And so the first time that I hit that milestone was in 2020. 2020, I ended up earning around, I want to say $101,000 and some change. And this was through my podcast, through my food blog. And I was like, oh my God, I can quit my job. So 2020 was the first time that I made that six figure mark that let me know I've built enough of a, you know, infrastructure in my businesses to be able to walk away from my nine to five. And so I set a date in 2021 to leave my corporate job, knowing that, you know, now I already had the blueprint to make six figures. And I ended up quadrupling that. And I ended up leaving before my deadline because, you know, at that point it was like, I'm taking time off of work to go and build this business. I'm having to turn down gigs because you know, like my work schedule is conflicting. And so it just became like a not sustainable thing. I realized that like my nine to five was holding me back. And so if I wanted to go all in on this new entrepreneurial venture that I was doing with Yo Quiero Dinero, I'm like, I need to quit. So 2020 was the first time that I found out that I was financially independent and I've been that way ever since then. And the reason why I can say that is because my food blog, delishdelights.com earns six figures in passive income. So I do not post new content on my food blog. I have not created new content since 2020 on the blog and it still earns six figures a year. So I basically, everything that I do here at this point, you know, me being on social, me having this podcast, like any of the work that I do right now is by choice. It's not because I have to. It's because I honestly genuinely love producing the show. It's so much fucking fun. Y'all are amazing. You listen to it. You know, there's corporations that now sponsor this show. And these are all things that I do because I can and because I want to, not because I have to. And that is what financial independence looks like. It is literally the independence to decide what you want to do with your life because your finances are set up in a way that like are paying your lifestyle. Highly recommend that if you want to learn more about financial independence, that you tune into the various episodes that we have on the topic here in the podcast. And you can also go on our blog, yoquerodineropodcast.com slash blog, type in financial independence in the search bar, and you will learn 
all the things about fire, how to calculate your fire number, how to determine how much you need to save, what to invest in, all of those things. So how long did it take me to achieve fire? This next question is from Lucia Diaz. Hey girl, hey, I am 38. I have been investing in the stock market since I was 22. So this is 2007 is when I graduated. I got my first full-time job and I started investing in my 401k at work. Don't ask me what I was investing in. Don't ask me how much. I have no idea. I just knew like, this is what you do to retire because that's what HR told me to do. And so that's what I started doing. So from 2007 to 2016, I was doing the bare minimum when it comes to investing. I was following a very traditional path. I'm like, go to school, get a degree, get the job. I got a master's degree while I was working full time. Then I got engaged. Then I bought a house, you know, got married, did the whole thing. I was doing all of those like very traditional things. And when I bought the house in 2016, it was a come to Jesus moment where I realized that this house now represented 30 years of payments towards a piece of property in a place that I didn't even want to live in because I lived in New Jersey at the time. I didn't even want to live there. So I was like, why the fuck did I just buy this house? I don't even like New Jersey. This doesn't make any sense. And I didn't like my job at the time either. But then I realized, oh shit, I just signed up for a 30-year mortgage. Now I got to work this job to pay this mortgage for this house that I don't want to live in, in a place that I don't want to be. And that sent me down a spiral of like, what did I just do with my life? So I started, well, first I had like a mental health breakdown. I went to see a psychologist, like the whole shit. I was put on antidepressants because I was just like, I felt like I was living a fucking life that didn't even belong to me. And I literally went on Google and was like, how do you restart your life? How do you quit your job? How do you like stop working? Because I was like so done with corporate. I was so done with like feeling like I was on this perpetual rat race. And I found out about the financial independence movement or the fire movement. So that was 2016. I became obsessed. I was listening to podcasts. I was reading books. I was reading blogs. I found Journey to Launch by Jamila Souffrant. I found Afford Anything by Paula Pant. I found Bigger Pockets podcast. I found The Fi Show. And I was just listening to financial independence podcasts all day, every day, all day. I started creating my fire plan, essentially. And so I said, okay, the first thing I need to do is I need to get the hell out of the student loan debt. This shit is ghetto. I'm tired. I'm tired. I've been paying this since 2007. It was a 2016 at that point. I'm like, I need to get rid of this shit. So what am I going to do? So a couple years before that, I had started my food blog, Delish Delights, again. And by 2016, I was making like a couple hundred dollars a month. And it was like a little side project. It was bringing in some money. And instead of using that money for like bullshit, which I had been doing previously, I said, I'm going to grow this blog because I already know that there's something here that's making money. I'm going to double down on this blog and I'm going to use the money from this blog to pay my student loan debt. And so that's exactly what I did. I created a plan that from 2016 until 2020, I was going to focus on getting rid of this debt so that I could be debt-free by the time I was 35, which would be in 2020. And that's exactly what I did. So for the next four years, 2016 to 2020, I was making monthly payments that were exceeding my minimum on my student loans. If it was $500 a month, I was paying $1,500 a month, $2,000 a month, $3,000 a month, whatever it was that was coming in from the side hustles, 
I was like not even acknowledging that that money was for me. It was to pay off the debt. And in February of 2020, I became debt free because of my food blog, because of side hustling. Okay. Side hustling is such a powerful way to like accelerate your financial goals. It's a game changer. And that's why I will always talk about increasing your income more than I talk about like other stupid shit that you could do. Like, you know, go and open a high yield savings account. Okay, fine. Yeah, go do that. But like, go make more money. That's how you get to the shit that you want to achieve in life. Go make more money. Paid off my debt. In the meantime, I was also learning about like investing for financial independence, learning about index funds and ETFs and the different types of accounts that exist, IRAs, 401ks, brokerage accounts. What are we doing, right? So in the background, I'm like dabbling. And then by the time that I became debt-free in 2020, instead of just like going back to normal, I started taking all that extra money that I had been putting towards my student loans and put them in investment accounts. So whatever a month I was investing. And so I became financially independent because of my food blog primarily in 2021, like I mentioned before. But this was a multiple year journey. And that's what I want y'all to understand. Like you don't decide to become financially independent and that shit just happens in like a year. This was 2016 was when I found out about it. And 2021 was when I actually achieved it. So this is a five-year journey. And if you really want to get technical, I mean, I've been investing for now 16 years. So it does take time, but the hardest part is starting and saying, you know what, whatever's been happening here with my money up until this point, this shit's not working. I got to go do something else. Let me go do something else and start from there. Okay, let's see. Next question, Sharon C. Would you recommend a low-income mom of age 58 to open a Roth IRA or contribute to a 401? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. 1K. This is a great question, y'all. I'm going to say you need to contribute to a 401k. Why? Roth IRAs are super sexy, right? They're a retirement account that allows you to contribute money that grows tax-free. Basically what happens is you earn income, you pay taxes on that money, you put it in your Roth IRA, you invest it, and you let it ride. And then when you're 59 and a half, you pull that money out, you don't have to pay any taxes on whatever has grown. Sounds fucking great, right? But there's a little known rule called the five-year rule that people do not know. A Roth IRA has to be open for five years before you can withdraw this money tax-free. So if mom, who is 58, opens the account today, she cannot access the money in that account tax-free before age 63 because she needs to wait five years. So that's why I say do the 401k. The 401k doesn't have those rules. If you want to do the Roth, just know that you're not going to get the tax benefit from it If you open it today, you have to let it sit there for five years, you know, and contribute and do the thing. So that's what I would recommend. Now, obviously I am not a financial professional. 
I am a financial educator, so everything and anything that I say is for education purposes only and does not constitute legal advice. Okay, let's see, next questions. How do I invest if I've never done it before? So Angela, I recommend first and foremost, you have to educate yourself because there's nothing more dangerous than trying to wing it when it comes to investing. That's how you get taken advantage of. You start getting folks trying to scam you. You need to read some books. Let me give you some recommendations because I have a bunch right here. If you want to learn about investing, get this book right here. I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sethi. It's literally one of the only personal finance books that you need to read if you want to learn how to invest. This right here, okay? This book has been around for, I want to say the first one was published in like 2009, the first edition. Tried and True is a good one. Get this book, read it, and do not invest until you understand what the hell he said in this book. Another one, you may know her, Yanelli Espinal, Mind Your Money. Yanelli is an investing expert and she's also like an actual financial educator that works for a nonprofit that is working to put financial literacy curriculum in every school in America. Shout out to Yanelli, get her book, Mind Your Money. Another incredible book, if you wanna learn how to invest, right here, Linda Garcia, Wealth Warrior. Okay. This woman is going to teach you how to invest in stocks like directly, like going and buying like Microsoft shares and Apple shares and all that stuff. She's a direct investment teacher. So she's not going to talk to you about 401ks and IRAs and shit. She's going to tell you open a brokerage account and go and buy like, you know, some Netflix or whatever. This is an incredible book. Wealth Warrior just came out. So those are a couple of books that I would recommend if you want to learn about investing. Obviously listen to this podcast because we have a shit ton of investment related podcast episodes. You need to apply what you learn. Keep doing it. Don't get scared. Yes, the stock market is scary, but at the end of the day, like you got to do what you got to do, right? Like we need to handle our shit, handle the business and build this wealth because ain't nobody else going to do it for us. When is my book coming out? Great question. My book is coming out March of 2024, just in time for Women's History Month. And we are going to be talking about everything in this book, y'all. Okay. Let me give you a little bit of a rundown of the chapters of the book. So obviously we're going to talk about the systemic issues at play that are happening in our community about why Latinas are struggling to build wealth more than other communities. We're going to talk about budgeting, saving, negotiation of your salary, negotiation in general. We're going to talk about investing, wealth, guilt, money mindset, financial independence, love and money, creating your financial squad. So like working with financial professionals, how to talk to your family about money. Like it's going to be a whole ass novel. Okay. A money novel. So yeah. Thinking of not working with a financial advisor to manage my brokerage accounts. Thoughts. You don't need a, a financial advisor. This is from CN Taylor 3016. Most of us do not need financial advisors, okay? Because it's just not that serious. Like unless you have millions of dollars in the bank and you're trying to do like advanced tax strategies or you're like a fucking just, you got a million different income sources and a million different accounts and you're trying to do all types of like offshore accounts and all types of crazy shit, you don't need a financial advisor. Like you really don't even need to be working with a financial professional until you've at least reached like a couple hundred thousand dollars of net worth in your investment accounts, okay? If you are below like $250,000 in your net worth or in your investments, you don't need an advisor. 
All you need is a solid plan to invest your money through index funds or ETFs. And if you don't know how to set up like a plan, literally, Ramit in this book talks about the easiest thing that we can all do is just use a target date fund. A target date fund is a fund that is associated with the date in which you anticipate to retire. So if I'm 38, let's say I want to retire in like 25 years. 25 years from now will be around 2048, right? So I'm going to round it up to 2050. I'm going to go into Fidelity or Vanguard or Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade or whatever the hell, a major brokerage firm, and I'm going to look to see, do they have a target date fund that's associated with the year 2050? They will because they all do. You can literally type in in Google, TD Ameritrade 2050 target date fund. You're going to get the symbol and you can open an account, transfer some money in there, buy some of that fund. And every time you get paid, buy more of that fund. And what is really cool about target date funds is that they self-adjust as you get older. Because logically, you can take more risk with your money as you're younger and you want less risk as you're older. You want to preserve your gains as you get older because you're going to live off of that money in retirement, right? So when you're young, you say you set up this account in your 20s, you're going to have a lot more stocks in that fund. And then over time, you're going to switch over to bonds because stocks are more volatile, aka more risky than bonds. And so all of that happens automatically. You don't have to think about that shit. It is adjusted by algorithms and by people that manage this stuff at the brokerage firms. And you just set it and forget it. You know, and the good thing about index funds is that you can literally set it, forget it. You can set up a monthly transfer, bi-weekly transfer, weekly transfer, whatever it is, however often you get paid. And just do it and forget it. And next thing you know, you're going to wake up and you're going to have a couple million dollars in your fucking account. And it's like, wow, why didn't anybody tell me it was that easy? So that's all you got to do. Don't complicate your life. Target day fund is the easiest way to start investing. And then as you get more experience, maybe you want to go and dabble in like different index funds. You want to go and buy some individual stocks, whatever. But just start with the target date fund. It's the easiest thing to do. You don't need a financial advisor. Long story short. Oh, this is a question about my Airbnb. So I have an Airbnb in Puerto Rico. If you didn't know, it is a beachside property that I do not live in full time. And so I've been using it as an Airbnb. So the question was, how do you manage your property in Puerto Rico when you aren't there full time? Well, this is a great segue into why it's important for you to just learn how to let shit go and not try to do all the things because we just can't. So I had a lot of anxiety about using my property for Airbnb because I'm like, oh my God, you know what's going to happen? These people are going to be like, I can't trust nobody. And having trust issues is going to keep you broke, y'all, because you're going to need to rely on other people to manage it for you. And that is exactly what I've had to do in Puerto Rico. So I have a cleaning person who I contact whenever I need the apartment cleaned. She verifies the condition of the apartment, lets me know what's going on, cleans the apartment, sends me photos. I confirm that it's clean and then I pay her. And that's literally it. It does not have to be complicated. You do not need to have like a whole ass team of like property managers and blah, 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 all this shit when you have one property, right? Like if I had a bunch of properties, I would build some infrastructure that was, you know, way more robust. But right now I'm like, I have one property. I don't need to hire a property manager. It's going to take 20% of my cut for what? 
You're going to do the same shit I'm doing. I'm talking to somebody on the phone, you know, somebody inquires about Airbnb and they're like, you know, I want a book. I'm like, okay, great. Here's the check-in instructions. Done. So it's very, very simple. This question is from Traveling Brie 80. I have an old state retirement account. Should I leave it alone or roll it into an IRA? I would say do not leave your old retirement account and just let it sit there stagnant. If you have left an employer, please roll your account over into an IRA. Why? Because when you leave a job, you cannot contribute to that account anymore. You can't put any more money in that 401k or that 403b or that 457b or that TSP plan. You cannot put money in. So what is the point of having an account there that is going to sit there and is not going to allow you to continue to contribute to build your net worth? So I love the tool Capitalize. Capitalize is a free tool. They will help you roll over your old accounts, 401ks, 403bs, 457, whatever. They will help you roll those accounts over into an IRA or an account of your choice. They're going to help you figure out what's the best option based on what you have. And they do it for free. And yes, they are an affiliate of mine because I fucking love them. I've referred them to uh, friends and family. My sister used them to roll over her old 401k into an IRA and they don't charge you anything. How they make money is they charge the brokerages that they bring business over to. So in exchange for making this whole process super easy for you and taking care of the paperwork, they charge them. They don't charge you. And then you can continue to contribute to your accounts, keep investing, keep growing your net worth. And like, you don't have to worry about where your money is because you're keeping it with you, right? You wouldn't abandon an old bank account. So why the hell would you abandon an old retirement account? That's cray cray. Don't do it. All right. Angel's asking what bank is good to start a 401k. You don't necessarily start a 401k unless you're self-employed. You can create your own 401k if you are a business owner, but if you're working, you know, a corporate job, hopefully they'll have access to a 401k or an equivalent account. And you would just use whoever they have, you know, on staff. I personally have my 401k through my business with Fidelity. I used to have it with Vanguard. Most major brokerage firms allow you to open what's called a self-employed 401k, or you can also do a SEP IRA if you're self-employed. The rules for the accounts are a little bit different. The main thing with a solo 401k or a self-employed 401k is that you can only have you and your spouse as full-time employees in the business. If you have other full-time employees, you cannot have one of these accounts. You can create an IRA. Anybody who has earned income can open an IRA and you can do that at any major brokerage firm, Fidelity, Vanguard, Schwab, whatever. I don't care where you do it, just do it because you need to set up your retirement, especially if you work for somebody that does not offer that option to you, you must take control of your retirement ASAP. Okay, well, this is great, y'all. Thank you. I appreciate all of your questions. I appreciate you being here. Please make sure to sign up for my free training next Tuesday, where we're going to be talking about how to turn your passion into profits. And until next time, I will see y'all on these Instagram streets. Adios, mi gente. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. 
What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.